as you all know, this is the youth service, right? So, you know, I'm going to, you know, be a little crazy, but that's, you know, that's okay. That's how we roll, right? Um, smiles, that's good. Smiles are good. Smiles are wonderful. We have our three uh, uh, wonderful young people that are at the back. They're going to come up once the uh, slideshow begins, and they're going to give their testimony on what they experienced while we were at Cat Island. Now, I just want to say this. You will probably only see maybe three or four shots of our work sites. We did do work. You know, it, it wasn't a vacation trip to Cat Island. And, and as we all know currently now, um, it's Cat Island is even in a, uh, a more uh, state of need uh, from post-Irene. Um, and so I think this is such a great opportunity to... Uh, just to remind us how we can still give and how we can still minister to the people of Cat Island in many different ways. And so this is really pre-Hurricane um, um, Irene. And, and, and really, since we were working, uh, we were only able to mostly take pictures of our travels. There are some shots um, that you will see. And I just want to say that this is an awesome praise uh, and really a testament to the power of God. Because there's just one house, and I think most of you, Remember um, when I was up here, uh, you know, raising awareness for one of the people that Edison and Eunice connected me with, which was Mr. Jolly. And he's a, a man who was born blind, plays the guitar beautifully. And him and his wife live in this truly, it's a cloudboard house. There's just random pieces of plywood nailed together, but it's their home. And, and I asked um, uh, Eunice, you know, um, a few weeks, two weeks after Hurricane Irene, have, had they heard uh, how, his, how their host was or how it fared during the hurricane? And he said not one thing uh, was missing or not they didn't sustain any damage. So I was like, that's an awesome praise. Because um, really it's just held up by nails. And as we know, the, the power of God as well to sustain uh, um, the winds that they experience and not suffer any damage. So that was an awesome praise um, to hear. So now I'll be quiet and, and we will see the um, highlight video of our trip to Kelalin. Okay, so like, if I want to learn Chinese, all the stuff is like a
on the fence Who distributes joy? Who, who sets the soul free? Who can forgive sin? Who got the me? Yes, it's true that I've been captured by your love I've been captured by your grace I've been covered by your blood I was lost, but now I'm found Yes, it's true you hold me down Jesus turns my white flag I surrender right now Jesus turns my white flag I surrender right now I surrender right now I surrender right now Jesus turns my white flag I surrender right now So that was really a series of snapshots of what we experienced uh, in Cat Island uh, when we went this past summer. And just before I call up the, uh, the ones who are coming up to give their testimonies, um, there I remember a story. Well, you know, I probably shouldn't say that because maybe you may reference that. So, yeah, I won't say that. So I won't, I won't steal your thunder. I'll just leave that for afterwards. So if, oh, we had two teams, two teams. We had a team for VBS and, and that team stayed with Edison and Eunice. Uh, and, and one of the members from that team is Amber, who's also our incredible jumper, drummer, our incredible drummer in hypostatic union who will be Praise, leading praise and worship this morning. I know she doesn't like that. She's like, ah, stop it, stop it. Um, but it was Amber, Ethan, Evan, um, Michael, and Henri. Um, they stayed with Edison and Eunice. And then the team that did the cleanup around the homes, um, that team was Donna, Carrie, um, Chris, Brandon, 
myself and Kyle, along with the most beautiful woman in the whole wide world. And your husbands, I know you say your wives are beautiful, and they are. This is, to me, the most beautiful woman in the whole wide world. She's like, oh, she's turning red. Oh, I see you, I see you. My wife, uh, my bride, my love, she was there also. Um, so we're going to have, um, uh, Amber's like, no, don't call me. So Amber's going to come up. Um, Ethan was scheduled to be here, but he had a prior engagement, so that's why he's not here. Um, but I want to share something what Evan said. Evan said, you know, his one of his most challenging moments was for the mere fact that they were all older than he was. I mean, there were some kids there who were taller than me, you know, and, and some of them were females, you know. So, um, uh, so I'm so gonna, you know, so I'm gonna sound like be challenged. And he said one of his most memorable moments was seeing like the middle. Um, school grade students just following Ethan and, and, and just, you know, just listening to his instructions. And, and so, so now I'm going to ask, um, Amber that seem, will, will this work or should I get a corded? Just, just work for her? Okay. Um, so, so Amber, what was, um, your, one of your challenging moments? Um, I guess. One of my most challenging moments was trying to fit in with the rest of the personalities of the people in my group. I mean, I guess everyone has their way they act or whatever, but some, sometimes you can't fit in with everyone. So that was probably one of my most challenging moments. Okay, and and I'm going to give you like two, like five seconds to think of one of your most memorable moments. I just here in quick bulletin, news bulletin announcement. Sylvia Roker, um, your window, uh, one of your windows are is left down, and it's raining now. So um, if you're here, or if anyone's here that knows Sylvia Roker or keen with her, oh, sir, um, so just want to let you know that. So, Amber, what was one of your most memorable, or one of your memorable moments, one of the, you know, encouragement, encouraging moments you experienced while in Cat Island? Um, to see how most of us want the best clothes or whatever, and just to see how the children there, they might have a holy shirt or whatever, and they're the happiest they could be. Mm. So true. Thank you, Amber. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. And I'm going to have Carrie come up. Carrie Cartwright, who said we were going to get lost in the we video. We did get lost. I know. I was going to, I was going to mention that. I was gonna... We didn't get lost at that moment, but day three, I know it's just a single road, but I just thought, I thought I had gone far enough, and I thought maybe I had passed the house, but I didn't, it didn't end up going as far as I needed to be go. So, we, I, so eventually I did get lost. So, all right. So it sense that's out there now. So what was one of your most, uh, or one of your challenging moments um, at, during the Canada mission trip? I think picking up more than a thousand cans while being absolutely terrified of spiders. Okay. So there were a lot of cans. There were a lot of just cans everywhere. Um, what was one of your memorable moments um, during the trip? It was between every night we get in one room and do devotions, and then we do weather forecasts. You say how your day was. My day was sunny. My day was 
there's a hailstorm, there's a hurricane, or there wasn't a cloud in the sky. Or it could be when Don and I were walking to the bathroom down the road at the mission's home, and we found a goat, and we had the biggest conversation with him, and it was really fun. Doesn't that bring to mind, like, that story with Balaam and, and the donkey? The donkey sees the angel and stops abruptly, and Balaam gets upset because he falls off and starts beating the donkey. And the donkey's like, why are you hitting me? And Balaam doesn't even, you know, think, okay, the donkey's talking to me at that moment. He's, you know, so anyway. So I just thought that was a tangent. I just thought I'd include that in there. All right, thank you so much, Carrie. Oh, let's give a round of applause for that. And coming up, Donna Russell. Donna, I know it's challenging, you know, having, you know, to be there with me, but, um, uh, so, so, so that's out of the way. So what was one of your other most challenging Um, I think Mr. Jolly's house, because there was, like, things that I'm sure you didn't need, like a purse and, like, baby socks and stuff, so they used him as the town dump, and that was challenging, but at the end, we really cleaned it up a lot, and so that was good. Cool. Is that a combined response? What is your most memorable? Um, fellowship with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Because after every day we come home, we go into the water across from our inn, and it was really nice. So it was good getting close to people. Right. Like you. Like me. All right. Even me. Even people like me. So tough. Thank you. Thank you all. Um. First song we're going to sing together in praise worship is um, Train My Sorrows. And as we went over the prayer request, we saw a lot, a lot of things we should pray for and a lot of things happening in this world that we should, we'd want to feel sorrowful for. But this song is, we, we want to sing it, so we want to sing it as we're giving our sorrows to God so we can focus on Him more because we know that He's all powerful and in control. So this song we're going to sing is just training your sorrows to God and giving it all to Him because He can take care of you. So. Let's stand and sing trade my sorrows.
The next song we're going to sing is Our God, and it's basically talking about how great and good our God is to us. And we all know the subject of the Bible is talking about how God is good to his people and good for us and taking care of us all the time. And I just chose three verses out of Psalms that talk a small bit about how good he is, because you know we never could really describe how good he is to us. So Psalms 95.3 says, For the Lord God is great as a great God, and a great king above all gods. Psalms 77.13 your way, O God, is holy. Would God is great like our God. Psalm 71:19. Your righteousness, O God, reaches the high heavens. You have done great things, O God. Who is like you? So let's just sing together about the greatness of our. Let's really sing to Him because He is so great and He's so much done so much great things for us. So let's sing our God.
This song is, talk, is summarizing a verse in Revelation where John talks about um, the final worship around the throne of God. And as we sing this song, we want to just dwell on the holiness and greatness of God. This is a song sings, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So let's sing together and just give our all to God because he is truly holy and he is truly worthy of our praise. And so let's just sing this song. Um, just meditating on his greatness and his goodness and just worship him with your whole heart as we sing this song together.
may be seated. I do have a watch on, and I just, this is going to be my last, is he in? I'm trying to see. Ah, shucks. Brother Randy's not, he's not in. No? Um, I was just going to give him reprieve. I was just going to say, you know, I'm going to be brief, and so that way we'll make up for the overtime we had uh, two Sundays ago, so that we can all stop teasing Brother Randy. Um, and, uh, but a beautiful message though. I was hooked all through and through. Um, it was the word of God and, and, um, uh, it was quite timely. And so, I uh, just want to do my last, my last jab, um, Adam. We have been studying for this short period of time since we've resumed ignition in the book of Ephesians. And we're going to continue in our study in Ephesians. We are in Verse 5 through 8, but we're going to look at the latter part of verse 4. Um, as we know, you know, when letters were written, you know, back then, you know, it, it wasn't with verses and, and breaks as such. And so, uh, so for continuity, we will connect with the latter part of um, verse 4 in Ephesians 1. Last week, Sunday, I was lovingly... Um, I don't know, exhorted or, uh, or admonished. Um, I guess, I, I guess exhorted, I guess, or encouraged. Let's just use encouraged. We use that Christianese by a, a lovely young lady, um, Jody um, Delavo. And she came to me after the service last week, Sunday, and um, uh, pointed at my midsection and, and, and you know, very respectfully suggested that I need to work on that. And so, uh, being, you know, just accepting that loving, um, uh, encouragement, you know, I promptly that evening, um, ran a couple laps and have been back on the trail of trying to work on my midsection. So, Jody, I am working on that. And so, just wanted to point that out that they care about their youth pastor, that they're going to make sure he stays in shape. And so, um, you don't have to turn, you don't have to look there, but in verse 18 and verse 19, the inspired word of God through Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you um, for this time again that we get to look over your word, and I pray, Lord, that even in this short time that we all, particularly uh, as, as this is an, an address to believers, um, to those whom... Uh, have placed faith and trust in your son and the work in which he uh, accomplished uh, as our sacrificial lamb who uh, paid a price for our sins, who rose from the grave, that we may have eternal life with him and power over sin and death. I pray, O oh Lord, that we will uh, be encouraged, be reminded, and that we will also uh, purpose and resolve to uh, 
glorify you uh, for what you've done for us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Last part of verse four uh, through through eight. I'm just going to read the uh, uh, the four verses that we're going to look at, and then we'll we'll take a look at them individually. Uh, it says, "In love, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the kind intention of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the beloved." In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. Friday passed, I said, because we looked at verse 3, uh, actually verse 4, where it says, just as he chose us, and, and now we're the, uh, in verse 5 where he said he predestined us. And I know from many um, there's a lot of theological disputes when it comes to certain um, labeling. Uh, I'm not a proponent of labels, you know, whether it's pre-trip, post-trip, pre-millennium, post-millennium, um, and so forth, and, you know, five points. And, you know, uh, I think there's a certain uh, place for that. And so I'm just prefacing this so that you don't see that I'm communicating a label. Um, but that I'm communicating, um, as I believe I'm led, um, the text of Scripture. And so we can remove some of those um, debatable, uh, controversial, theological, doctrinal things um, when it comes to him predestining us and him choosing us before time and really just look at the text at hand and, and, and experience and see what um, God would want us to learn today. So, last part of verse 4 says, in love. And this word love, uh, in the original language, as we, most, some of us will know, in the Greek, there's four expressions for love. Uh, and this right here is agape. And this is that sincere, uh, unconditional love towards someone. Uh, of course, you know, the others, Eros, Philia, and Storge. Um, but this here is the agape love. And so Paul is saying, God the Father's unconditional love in that he predestined us. And the Oxford American Dictionary provides this meaning for predestined. And it says, of God to destine someone for a particular fate or purpose, um, to determine an outcome in advance by divine will. And in the, again, the original language, predestined means predetermined. So I guess if we wanted to rephrase this verse, it can read as, so God, so in God's unconditional love, he predetermined in advance, knowing those who would place faith in his son, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior, through faith in him, to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself. Now, I know this is a youth service, and, and the focus is for our students here, um, but this, again, is a general address to us as believers. And, and I know, sure, parents, you may have had, you know, Times where your student, I say students, I'm such in that mindset, where your students, um, where your offspring, you know, say, I don't want to be in this family, I wish I was another family. And I know students, either whether it's a TV show or um, there's a, you know, a sitcom, and you say, oh, it would be so cool to be a part of that family. Um, but I'm here to tell you that no greater family, no greater adoption experience is compared or can be compared to the spiritual adoption 
that we as believers experience um, by the gracious hand of the Most High God. And so for students who are here who are believers, um, again, this here is a challenge to you and to believers here generally so to really know who you are uh, and your eternal spiritual position that you have in Christ and, and that you are incredibly valued um, beyond whatever else the media uh, may present to you. And so when we hear the word adoption, I'm sure a few things come to mind. We think of either parent, parents or a single individual choosing to take legal custody of a child or children, to which then they become legal parents to that child or that children, and that child or that children all the children become sons and daughters to them. And theologically speaking, this is quite similar as we see in verse 5. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ and himself. And you don't have to turn here. In John 1, we see this picture in action. In John chapter 1, verses 12 through 13, it says, But as many as receive him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So this spirit, uh, before I get there, so this is, I mean, this would be like an incredible, incredible reality for us as believers. Uh, Baker Encyclopedia, amen. Baker Encyclopedia puts it this way. This is the act of God making us members of his family with all the privileges and obligations of family membership. And that is nothing of our own. We don't do anything to warrant that at all. You know, Michelot is not good enough. You know, I didn't pray long enough. I didn't get good grades enough. You know, I, you know, I'm just, I didn't excel in my extracurricular activities enough. Um, to be deemed worthy, uh, uh, to be chosen of God and to be uh, accepted into his family through, through adoption um, in his son Jesus. There's nothing that we did. But this was according to, as we see, the last part of verse 5, according to the kind attention of his will. So it is God's good pleasure, his kind attention, his good pleasure in fulfilling his will and making us, who are believers, Members, children of his family. Verse 6 says this. To the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. Now, just so that sort of just some context here and continuity. Um, you know, this is part two of a, I don't know how long, series it's going to be. But in verse 3. It says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And Friday we understood that that blessed is not the same word that's used in the Beatitudes, which is more of a response of, you know, a fortunate, a happy response to circumstances. But that blessed here in verse 3 uh, means praise. So it's almost a, uh, a leading doxology, you know, praise God for the spiritual blessings that he has blessed us with in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And, 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 and these are a part of the spiritual blessing um, that we have helped that Paul is reminding us of. And verse 6 says, to the praise of his glory. And, you know, that all points to the end goal of God. 
the Father, which is to receive praise. And the word there is an expression of adoration, I'm sorry, admiration and recognition of his demonstrated glory in his grace. And we know what that is, the favor and love we experience undeservedly, which he, as we see in verse 5, freely bestowed on us God's great favor and blessing on us in the beloved. And the beloved there is referencing Jesus Christ. So God the Father, who is loving and gracious, is the source of our predetermined adoption as sons and daughters to those who believe by means of Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? What the, you know, so, you know, okay. But this, what's our response to that? You know, is, okay, so we're believers and we've been spiritually adopted into the family of God and, you know, what, what should, what should our response be to that? Should we live as those who have not been spiritually adopted as sons and daughters? Or should we do with all the privileges and the obligations of that household membership that we have with God through Jesus Christ? That's a question for us to meditate on and, and, and do self-evaluation with. Um, as I told you, I'll be brief. As we begin to conclude in verses 7 and 8, it reads, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, another word for sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. So here is one of those spiritual blessings. Every spiritual blessing that we have been blessed with in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The fact that we have been redeemed. And us being drawn to God, us responding in faith through the grace that he's provided. We can now experience redemption uh, through his blood. And notice the tense in that statement. In him we have redemption. In Christ we currently possess a redeemed life. It's not something that's fleeting and, you know, it's, you know, well, that's what happened back then. Uh, but it's a call for us to, to live understanding that we are, we have a redeemed life. Uh, how are we to uh, truly um, portray this new life uh, that we have uh, and a reminder of what we have in Christ? So we have, a re- so we have redemption through his blood. Again, um, uh, one of the, the wonderful pro- products of our salvation. And this present salvation which we have was obtained through the blood of Christ. And in First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 through 19 says this, Knowing you were not redeemed, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers. So there's nothing that we can ever offer. So students is not your, what your parents can offer. It's, you know, for adults, it's nothing that forefathers offered. It's nothing that we can ever um, have offered um, or, or anything that we um, did or possess um, that made us eligible in any way to be redeemed. But it says, but with precious blood, as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, 
the blood of Christ. So the forgiveness we receive of our trespasses, our sins, are according to the riches. And this is like the overabounding. And you know, I was trying to find a way to just truly capture uh, what I believe, you know, Paul is just trying for us to, 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 to express, you know, when he says according to the riches of his grace. Just an overabundance of of just, you know, wealth and, and not necessarily monetary, but just a fullness, just ever flowing, gushing um, um, of grace that pardons our sin and which he then, God, profusely showers us with in all wisdom and insight. And there is some, you know, I'm no theologian, um, not even close um, but there is some, you know, um, dispute as far as, you know, does in, in all wisdom and insight, does that connect with verse 8 or does it lead into uh, verse 9? Um, not going to, uh, we don't have time to get into that. Uh, but God did reveal to us. And we see in scripture um, so that we will know and understand the incredible revelation of his redemptive plan uh, from the beginning of time. And, and that this plan was, has stemmed out from his unconditional love, uh, through his overabounding grace accomplished through Jesus Christ. So as a believer in Christ, what do you feel when you hear this? Is it like the same old, same old, same old? Or do you feel a sense of significance? And it's not of yourself, but the fact that the Almighty God purposed in a plan. Paul refers to it like this mystery to bring us back to him so that we can experience the fullness of life that he has for us through his son, Jesus Christ. That we will experience the, the, the blessing that he has for us in, in the heavenly places uh, so that we can experience what it is to be redeemed, so that we can experience um, what it is to uh, experience grace, grace that we could never, ever, 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 ever measure. So us who are believers here today, students, adults, parents, other folks who are believers today, us coming to know Christ personally through faith and trust in him was not by chance or coincidence. God sought us out and draw us to himself so that we would experience the redemption and forgiveness of our sins through the blood of Jesus Christ by the riches of his grace, thus being adopted into his household. So students, I know sometimes you're like, ah, our parents, I wish I could change my parents. You know, they just, they're old, you know, they're old fashioned. You know, I don't understand them. They don't understand me. Um, or you may be like, hey, I love my parents and they're cool and, you know, and, you know, that's great. But there's moments. I had my moments, you know, I had, I had many moments of, of just rebellion and expressing my opinion, you know, why am I here and, you know, why do you think you have ownership over me and, you, know, you only birthed me into the world, you know, type thing. Um, but I want to encourage you students particularly that, No greater, like I said before, no greater family you can ever desire to be a part of other than the family of God. 
no greater parent you can ever want to uh, uh, emulate than God the Father. And, and as you are blasted with media, peer, social uh, um, um, distractions of, you know, hey, look at me, come here, just join this team, join that team, join this team. Uh, I encourage you, particularly those who are not believers, to look to Christ. Because he's the one who's going to lead you to the Father. Father's the one who's going to, through you expressing faith and trust in his son, draw you into his household, call you his son or his daughter, shower you with every spiritual blessing that he has for you uh, by the amazing, unbelievable, unmeasurable riches of his grace. And so I just encourage you to truly think that through, through truly uh, just search your heart and see, okay, is God calling me? Is he knocking at my heart? And that in my prayer, my hope is that you will respond to that. And for us who are believers, students who are here, I pray and my, my prayer, my challenge to you is that, that you know that you are a child of the Most High God. And how will you then honor him? Because we, as I close, who almost close out in style, we who did not know God, had no relationship with Christ, God sought us out. You know, we were just doing our own thing. You know, he sought us out through his son. And we then who express faith, belief, and trust in his son, we then experience that spiritual adoption by God into his household and his family by the unbelievable, measurable, unmeasurable grace that he then just profusely, overflowingly lavish on us. And, and for us who are believers, and this is, and this is limit, right? This is just, you know, whatever, nine ounces of water. Very, very low, poor, uh, uh, illustration to demonstrate that. But His grace, definitely more than this, more than we can ever, ever compare or bring an illustration to, but just want you to show that this grace as believers we have, we have been lavished with, we've been poured on. We have been adopted into God's household. How will you respond? How will you honor him today? Whether in school, soccer team, baseball team, extracurricular, parents at work, at home, wherever you are, how you then respond to this reality and honoring him. Amen? Let's pray. Father, Lord, thank you again for your word. Uh, I thank you, Lord, that it indeed is a um, constant, relevant uh, it's, it's there to teach, it's there to correct, um, it's there to train. It's there also to reveal your glory um, before us. And my prayer, particularly for us who are your children, that we would honor you with our lives as we um, remember the spiritual blessing we have, um, not because of anything we've done, but a spiritual blessing that we have in the heavenly places 
through Jesus Christ. It was all because of your abounding grace, your love for us to redeem us back to you so you can call us sons and daughters and so we can experience the fullness thereof being in your household. So, Father, I pray, Lord, that in our lives that we would be so fully satisfied with you so that in the end you will be so glorified in us. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.